name is Shandy Chernow, and you're listening to the Shandyland podcast. Today, I have a guest who makes me feel like I absolutely need to accomplish more with my life. I have 16-year-old Zidane Kapoor, who is a high school sophomore, entrepreneur, activist, and food allergy haver just like myself. Zidane, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to talk to you. Thank you for having me. I'm also really excited. Yeah, no, you're absolutely welcome. And it was truly, I mean, it's unbelievable what you've been up to. You have a TEDx talk. I don't have a TEDx talk. How did you manage that? Yeah, so I got invited based on some of my activism work. Um, and basically, I just wanted to kind of get out my personal story for the first time. Uh, so I was really excited to do that. Yeah, no doubt. And you're amazing. I watched the whole thing. Usually when I'm preparing for these things, I'll watch like little snippets, just kind of get a feel for things, right? I watched the entire thing. You're amazing. Like, what a great speaker. So tell me your food allergy story. Let's just start at the beginning. Like, how has food allergies affected your life? And uh, what's what's kind of your backstory? Sure. So when I was a toddler, I was diagnosed with anaphylactic life-threatening food allergies to eggs, peanuts, tree nuts, and all seafood. Um, my sister kind of has this memory in her head. She's older than me, four and a half years, uh, of basically emptying out our entire pantry um, and basically just throwing boxes and boxes of food into into a trash bag. And kind of from there is when our family really realized it's going to be different. Um, my parents didn't know anything about the condition beforehand. Uh, they knew it existed. But of course, you know, you don't really go into it as detailed until somebody in your family is affected or somebody you know is affected. Um, so since then, I've had uh, two anaphylactic reactions um, and two other very severe reactions. Um, my most recent one was during an oral food challenge uh, to eggs. So that was really unpleasant. Um, was it baked was, or unbaked? Sorry, can you say that again? Baked eggs or? Oh, right. Yeah. So it was unbaked eggs. Um, uh, I haven't tested baked eggs yet just because the numbers haven't come uh, down enough. Um, but I guess the biggest change I would say is not what most people would expect, which is like a social life or anything, but I feel like it's really affected me in, um, I guess more, more in my mental health than anything. I, I never really expected that that's something that could affect me. I'm someone who doesn't really get stressed before tests or things like that. I don't really have that kind of impact. So it was definitely something that was really new for me. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about that, but first, hang on, anybody out there who is listening, who has listened to others of my podcasts, and we have talked about the barbaric nature of the oral food challenge, and that we need an absolute better way to test for anaphylactic food allergies. Just go back a minute or two and re-listen to that, please, because it's unbelievable what we put people through and that that is the gold standard of testing. Feed the food and see if there's a near-death experience. It's insanity. And I am so sorry that you had to go through that. Like, I mean, I cry a lot on these podcasts. People are used to it, but it just, it frustrates me. It frustrates me for your family. It frustrates me for those of us out there who uh, also have food allergies and at some point have to go through those things. So I'm sorry that you had to deal with that. Now, Tell me about the mental health stuff, because it is really anxiety inducing having food allergies. Right. And I didn't really realize this was much of a problem, actually, until my oral food challenge, which was two years ago. Um, what basically happened is I was really close to getting over the allergy. So they wanted to try the oral food challenge. Um, and for seven hours, I didn't react. And I left the, the hospital and I went out and I got lunch with my family. 
Um, and, you know, I started feeling itchy and then I started to feel, it started to get worse and worse. And then we realized, Hey, maybe this is not, maybe this is not like I have eczema. So we thought maybe it's that. Um, but then we realized I was having a reaction to something I'd eaten seven hours ago. Um, and I'd actually eaten more than the accepted amount to, I guess, clear me of the food allergies. So we went back and it was just, it was crushing because, you know, at that point I thought I've had this allergy my entire life and I, I just thought it was done. And that's kind of like the one I've always, I've always wanted to get rid of. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm lying on the hospital bed and they're giving me all sorts of medicines and it's kind of hitting me then that this is going to have a bigger effect than I initially thought. Um, and you know, after that day, uh, I would go days without eating breakfast or lunch. My parents would force feed me. I mean, I was just terrified of eating. Um, I, of course, for months afterwards, I didn't even leave the house to, to eat. I, I ate everything at home, double, triple checked the ingredients twice, three times in between meals. Um, and I never really thought that this was going to be a problem from the beginning. And it just kind of came down like a ton of bricks. Uh, so, you know, I knew something really had to be done about this. I knew there had to be a solution. So that's kind of what I started looking for. Yeah. So you must have heard, I mean, obviously, you know that you're not alone. If you don't know that, let me tell you, you are not alone. But you must have heard other stories from other teenagers, adults, kids who also have anxiety around their food allergies. What are some of those that have resonated with you and driven you down your path, which we'll talk about in a sec? Yeah. So what I was initially surprised about, I have a few friends with food allergies and, and I kind of talked to them on the phone and, um, some of them are younger than me, some are older than me. Uh, and I found that, uh, those around my age were starting to experience this, but you know, when you're younger, your parents kind of take care of things and it doesn't have as big of an effect. It certainly does have an effect, but just not as large as I, I thought it was going to be after I had this reaction. Um, so, you know, I kind of talked to my friends and then also I did a poll on Facebook, uh, and I wanted to see, are there any other people? Because, you know, when you have kind of like a, a near death experience, it really wants, it really pushes you to see who else is with me on this, who else has these issues. Um, so I did this poll and I basically found that people were using prescription medication to fight this, it, it was just basically, it was getting to be a big problem in my prescription anti-anxiety medication. You mean? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And it was just, it was a really big problem. Um, I talked to one of my mom's friends who's just, uh, had a similar food disorder. Um, and it's just been facing crushing anxiety as well. So, you know, a lot of these stories really resonated with me and really pushed me to want to do something with it. And so, yeah, so I, uh, have developed or am developing a app called Bite Fears, very aptly named. Um, and its goal is to reduce food allergy anxiety. Eventually, I do want to push out to other uh, disorders or diseases, but uh, right now I'm focusing on something I have experience with. Um, and I, the main reason why I started this is because I had looked for companies, even blogs dedicated to just this problem. And I feel like it's really not talked about a lot. Uh, nobody really pays a lot of attention to this, uh, the mental health effects of food allergies. Um, so basically how the app is going to work is they're going to be uh, a ninja mascot because who doesn't love ninjas? Um, and it's going to basically guide you through journey uh, all the way to conquering your food allergies. And how it's going to do this is through a series of challenges and missions. And each mission will be something like try a new restaurant um, or have a new brand of food as long as it's safe for you. And of course, never do these challenges get dangerous, but they just slowly push the user back to normality, back to what it was before their reaction. 
I love that. That's amazing. Like, what a great idea. The gamification of anti-anxiety for a very, you know, a specific, but, but you know, broadly based in the U.S. Mm-hmm. issue. Right. I think that is super duper cool. So when are you aiming to release it? Yeah, so it's going to be out on the uh, App Store this summer. Um, and yeah, we're moving very quickly through the development process. So I'm really excited. So as you've talked to your food allergy peers about the upcoming app, what's the reaction been? It's extremely exciting. Um, a lot of people have been looking for a solution for this for a long time. Um, I have a wait list on my website, www.fight-fears.com. Uh, so I've had quite a few people sign up there. Uh, so yeah, overall, just everyone's really excited. Finally, a solution to something that hasn't really been talked about. All right, so let's talk about the actual development of it. So once you decided, because I'm always interested in like process of things, um, you know, when people haven't walked down a path before, it's always daunting to walk down it, you know, the first time. You don't know what you don't know until you don't know it. Uh, So you decide that you want to go ahead and build something like this. How did you learn to do that? How's the process been? Are you developing it? Did you outsource it? How's that all work? Right. So initially I was taking a, a class uh, at school about entrepreneurship. Um, and our goal was to come up with a business idea. And this has kind of been brewing in my head for a really long time. Yep, and thanks. so I, right. Uh, and I wanted to do something about it. So I worked with a mentor uh, on kind of developing the idea a little bit more. Um, and then right now I'm outsourcing it for development. All right. So you did all the kind of storyboarding of it and what happens when you click here, it goes there. And then someone else is actually doing the coding, the development of it. Right. And also I'm self-funding this from a tutoring business I run for chess and math as well. So. Really? I didn't know you could have a chess tutor. Yeah. So they're, 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 um, I guess during the pandemic, there was a really big demand for that because everybody's kind of looking for new things to do. So I started this business. I'd already been really interested in working with younger kids. Um, and I love making an impact in the community, of course, trying to trying to do better. Uh, so that's that's kind of what I started. You know, it's so funny that chess has become such a thing. Every morning um, I drop, you know, my kids off at school and my younger one's school starts later. So he goes to before care so that I don't have to sit there for 97 years. Yeah. And every single day when I drop him off, he's in fifth grade. One of the fourth graders runs up to him and goes, chess. And it's literally what they do the entire time in before care. And I mean, who would have thunk, right? Like it's, it's such a phenomenon right now. Yeah. It just goes to show that you find a creative way to teach a child and and they'll learn. Yeah. Have you been following the whole scandal around the like maybe cheating thing? Yeah, I have been. I, um, I, I play chess like every single day, but I don't always follow the news and as soon as this started happening, uh, you know, I, I follow tournaments and things like that. Uh, I'm a big Hikaru Nakamura fan. Um, but, you know, when this kind of came around, I was like, there's no way. Because at first I thought, well, I've always seen chess kind of as as a, you know, kind of fun way to get away from from whatever you're thinking about or whatever you're doing in the moment. Um, and of course, some people t- do this professionally. Um, but I also thought there's always going to be an element of fun to it. And for someone to to take out, I guess a possible cheating uh, tactic is just so against the game's, I guess, nuances. It's like so much for fun. It's so much for enjoyment. And of course you have geniuses who- These guys uh, are playing for money. 
yeah, you know, they are playing for money. That's true. But I, I, I guess maybe I'm a little naive, but I guess nobody would, would do that to get money, especially through something that's just built on enjoyment. I love the idealism there, but as soon as you introduce money, 100%, you're introducing the nefariousness too. Oh, like I get potential that. for it. Yeah, it's so interesting. Like, I don't, I know how to play chess, but like, that's about it. But it started showing up on my TikTok feed. And I was, oh my God, this is fascinating. And uh, as, a, as something that we have in common here, how I made money in college was math tutoring. Oh, wow. Yeah, so there, there's something we have in common. Yeah, I did not fund a company with it, though. I think I funded more my social life with it. <laughs> but anyway, I digress. All right, so let's go back to what we're supposed to be talking about, you know, food allergies and you, um, although super fascinating on the chess stuff. So you're homeschooled, mm -hmm. uh, probably because you're so much more advanced than your peers. But, you know, in your high school experience, what do you feel, or maybe in your middle school or elementary school, whatever's relevant, what do you feel has been different for you having food allergies than for some of your peers? I mean, going back to elementary school, of course, you have the, the nut-free table, um, which is, I guess, the enemy, enemy of all people with food allergies. It's, mm -hmm. it's exclusion, social exclusion. Well, um, and it doesn't address any other allergies, so it's not particularly helpful. I rail against the nut-free table at every opportunity. Yeah. So, you know, there, I, I guess when I was younger, I, I, my friends kind of sat me anyways on the nut free table and they would eat nuts and it wasn't really a thing anybody worried about. Um, and of course for younger me, I, I didn't really worry about it either. I was more concerned about the giant black bumblebees buzzing above my head. Um, but I guess into middle school and high school, I started to have a lot more social experiences. Uh, so I started homeschooling when I was in fourth grade. Um, okay all the way through high school. I'm a sophomore now. Um, and what I really enjoyed is, is I guess the one thing I was scared about is, am I going to see anybody? Am I going to have any social connections whatsoever? Or am I just going to be staring at a computer all day? Um, and I found the exact opposite. In fact, I was able to connect with people all across the world because I was doing parts online. And then I was able to make much closer friends because I was meeting in person and not meeting like a hundred people a day maybe three or four and making really good friends. Um, and then food allergies did impact that. Uh, I guess now I meet with my friends every week to, to watch a basketball game. And, um, you know, every time I'm, I'm calling the pizza restaurant myself, making sure they have no cross-contamination, you know, it's become a normal part of my life now and, and something that I've gotten used to. Um, but it definitely has had an effect. Yeah, of course. How do your friends, you know, react to, to that? It definitely filters out who are my real friends and who are not. But definitely my friends have been extremely supportive. They, they are just so careful, so unbelievably careful. One of my friends has a younger brother who is just, at, he's like, he was four at the time and he's just 100% safe. You wouldn't think a four-year-old could be that capable, but everything he's making sure of. So yeah, I'm I'm really really grateful for for a supportive community. I think that's amazing, like just awesome. So the app comes out this summer. Yes, so everybody will keep an eye on that. How are you handling the marketing and the outreach that will accompany that launch? I don't think I've really gotten into that yet. Right on. Still still thinking about the development. I really want to make it as perfect as possible before I get there. Sure. No, I, I 
especially for something that's so important, but at some point you're going to have to get it out into the hands of people, right? So you've got your wait list. So clearly there's some marketing already that even if you're not labeling it with that vocabulary, right? But that'll be really interesting to watch how you get it out there. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess a big, a big push would be through social media. I do have a Facebook page for my business uh, at Combat Allergy Anxiety. Um, so I've been posting there regularly. Um, so there is definitely some promotion, but I haven't really launched a full-scale marketing campaign yet. And yet you have. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. Uh-huh. See, now you're going to be doing a TEDx talk on marketing for applications. And I like <laughs> All right. So let's talk about some of your other hobbies. So chess, mm-hmm. obviously you're good at math, mm-hmm. man after my own heart. Photography. <laughs> I read that somewhere that you sell your pictures online. Yeah. So I started this in, in middle school and my goal was initially just to combine an interest of mine, which is photography with food allergy advocacy. So I sell my photo- photography on a website, revelinlight.com, R-E-V-E-L in light. Um, and 100% of the proceeds go to FAIR, Food Allergy Research and Education, uh, to help find a cure for food allergies. That is pretty amazing. What's your favorite subject? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, in middle school, it was always math, but I have found, you know, I'm starting to take some APs now, and they're just, history is starting to fascinate me a lot. Um, and I guess analyzing why people did things and for what reason is just, just really, 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 I really enjoyed. So A, good answer. B, I meant subject of photography, like ah, so taking pictures of what? Yeah. Okay. Let's see. And black would, and white color. Yeah. So I, uh, I tend to shoot in color. I have a Lumix camera, digital Lumix camera. Um, and I live near a pretty, pretty nature rich environment. Uh, kind of like marshlands. So I really enjoy taking pictures of birds. That's my, I guess, favorite thing. You'll find a lot of those on my website. What's the um, word for that? Uh, Ornithology? Do I have that right? I don't know it exactly. Birds? I don't know. Anyway. Still kind of a hobby for me. Um, yeah. But yeah, I would say that's that's kind of my favorite subject there. You are a fascinating human. So what's next? What do you want to do for, Are you? do you want to go to college? What do you want your major to be? Are we just going to jump into the business? Not just, don't take that the wrong way. What do you want to do? Yeah, obviously it's, I think it's a little bit early for me to be thinking about college, but I'm definitely, you know, taking some of my interests and thinking what I want to study later. Um, I, you know, I'm interested in history, like I said, but also politics maybe. Um, I guess I would say right now, more immediately, uh, I am currently working on an op-ed about uh, food allergies in media and how that's portrayed and some of the senseless jokes made about it and and what impact that can have. It's mo- most recently the movie Puss in Boots, The Last Wish came out and there's one one very brief scene, but very, very disturbing scene where the character's face starts to swell and they're having an anaphylactic reaction and they die. And it's just a four or five second montage and and it's it's there for laughs. And I just think that's wrong. What? I mean, do you, did they not learn from Peter Rabbit? Like I would have thought, but yeah, I, I mean, I haven't seen any public outcry about this. I, maybe just people haven't noticed. It's it's very quick. It's like five seconds, but it is there for comedic purposes, and that's just wrong to use food allergies. Like one hundred percent. Yeah. No, I you are. I like you. What uh, What do you wish other kids knew? 
about food allergies. Yeah, that you kind of have to introduce, like you meet a new kid. What do you wish you didn't have to bother to say? Well, if the person doesn't have food allergies, of course, you know, I'm, I'm always wondering what my life would be like if I didn't have food allergies. I'm wondering how much of a difference. And mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm checking ingredients every day. That's just my, my thing. I have like a scanner in my brain that automatically picks up my allergens. And sometimes I wonder, like, I, I don't eat certain foods just because I see what's in them. I just see the health risks. So that, I guess, is a benefit. Um, but if I had to tell other, or I wish I couldn't tell other people, it would be cross-contamination because... That's something that just kind of bothers me, you know. I just wish that it could be, hey, you gotta avoid the egg, the nut, the fish. Um, but you know, it's not that. There's there's cross contamination of all. And then for somebody with food allergies, I I do have, I guess, some advice I would give people. I I've noticed that, you know, food allergies have had a bigger impact on my life as as I've grown up. Um, and I want to urge others to be really rigorous. Um, don't take any chances, no matter what, because you you don't. There's no reason why you should take a chance with your life for a certain food that you might uh, enjoy that you're not 100 percent sure about. Uh, I, I guess that's what I would say to other people. Yes, and especially in your peer group, there's there tends to be a bit of um, what's the word I'm looking for? Invincibility mm-hmm. feeling, right? Okay. And uh, I think that that is beautiful advice and well said, right? So how can people find you? How can people connect with you online? You've mentioned a couple of websites along the way, but what's the easiest way to find you? Easiest way to find me would probably be on the Facebook page, Fight Fears, like I said. Uh, Also, if you Google me, you'll see Rebel and Light. uh, So you can see there. And then finally, my email is zidankapoor at gmail.com. Perfect. All right. So now it's time for my absolute favorite torture game, which, you know, I'm sure you are just dying to put up with me on Uh, two truths and a lie. We'll see if I have ratted you out on any of your uh, facts about yourself. So in no particular order, three facts about you, one of which is obviously not true or the game wouldn't work. And don't tell us the answer. Okay. All right. I'm going to make this interesting. Okay. Number one is I love rock climbing. Number two, I have been performing magic since I was seven. Number three, I've memorized over a hundred digits of pi. Very good. I know the guy who holds the world record for the number of digits of pi. Uh, Yeah, he's a friend of mine. I used to work with him. Anyway, I don't know which one of those is true or not true. I will find out. Everybody listening, you'll have to come to your favorite social media or podcast platform and make your best guess. Sidon, thank you so much for being here. What a pleasure to talk to you. You are unbelievable. Thank you so much. Listeners, as always, this has been the Shandyland Podcast, and we will talk to you soon.